Welcome to Faith Restructured. I'm Cole. And I'm Mike. Here we cover topics on faith, deconstruction, and reconstruction. We discuss books that have helped us through the process, and we'll interview some friends and experts along the way. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Faith Restructured. Uh, this is my turn. <laughs> this is Cole. Uh, Mike spoke last week about what's been rolling around in his brain, and this week it's my turn. Um, we're both away at youth camps, and so our schedules just don't line up very well, so this is just easier for us uh, at the moment, but we'll be back to regularly scheduled programming and actually something we're super excited about uh, in the coming episodes. So as we jump into my monologue today, um. We have been talking a lot over the past few weeks about cynicism, and we've been talking a lot about how that's a bad place to be stuck. And so I was just kind of reflecting on my own journey because one thing I don't like to do is just berate people who kind of have been or are at a place where I have been because it's not fair to say that you're not allowed to experience those things. And so by any means, that's not what we're trying to do, Uh, but we're also trying to help guide and lead some people who maybe want something more uh, through that so that they can get to somewhere else. And so um, I guess it was a little bit post-college. I shared a little bit of my story the other day, uh, how I just had some really big issues with um, kind of listening to anyone who claimed authority. I struggled with cynicism and those sorts of things. But um, I guess post-college is kind of like I dealt with deconstruction and the process then of reconstruction. You know, I just, I became very cynical and I was pretty hypercritical of of everything. And honestly, if I'm, you know, if I'm being honest, I should say, um, I was overly angry Uh, and kind of just hopeless about what believing in God was even for, you know, striving for this faith or listening to the life of Jesus really wasn't, I was just stuck in a place where I didn't find any hope in that. And so, you know, I mentioned this before, but um, at some point I just kind of confronted myself and and said, like, either I let go of this, which is a really, really scary thought um, because it was something that was so prevalent in my life. It was something I even went to college for. It was like the work I was going to do for the rest of my life, right? (laughs) Or um, this faith needs to start being something that brings my life value, right? Something that helps me navigate life. Um, I need to pick the Bible back up and be able to read it for more than just like simply critiquing a sermon. And, you know, that's just like as far as the ultimatum went, like it wasn't like it was life or death. It wasn't like I was going to have to leave my family, pick up and move or, or anything like that. It just was, I think it's time to really confront these things that I've been struggling with. And, you know, a part of the cynicism is like, okay, if I'm going to be here, it better catch up to me because I'm, I'm way farther ahead. And, um, I think that's just a really prideful place to be at. And so I <clears throat> I just kind of told myself like this, again, like this needs to start being something that provides the hope that I've been missing because my life was kind of hopeless at that point. You know, 
in, in terms of faith, like I was still, you know, had a good job. I still was getting married at the time. All that sort of stuff was great, but, but my faith side, um, was something that was, was really hard for me to deal with at the time. And so, you know, I started kind of down, down a process or a journey to, to figure out if this was going to be something that, that I could pick back up. And so that's where I started reading, I guess, more grounded authors like Roar, um, Brennan Manning is another one. I read a really uh, hard book for me to read, um, Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. And, and that changed a lot of my perspective on faith because that was a big critique I had of faith. Um, <clears throat> and I just began to start listening and allowing things to be said that I didn't, and telling myself I didn't need to judge them, right? I, I started listening with like less judgmental ears. Um, and I just, you know, if you want to be joyful, you have to start practicing being joyful. So that was another big piece for me. Not, not like instead of the anger and sadness I felt right. But, but more in spite of it, right. That even though I had these struggles and these issues, I could still find joy every day, um, in, in faith, in the people in my life. And, and for some of that meant, uh, I needed to kind of step away from, faith conversations with people because I just, I just, we just weren't ready at the time. Right. And so <clears throat> one of the things I just wanted to share is, is this stupid little mantra that I came up with. It's like three parts. And, and at the time when it was kind of harder for me to, to kind of see past the cynicism and, and kind of the anger that I felt, um, <clears throat> it really was helpful. And so I don't care if you <laughs> pick it up and steal it. I don't care if you don't think it works for you. I just want to share a little bit of the, how I made it through and a little my way forward and, and something that, that, that helped serve me. So the mantra just goes quite simply, nobody is stupid, everybody is uneducated, and we all need grace. And um, I came up with it on my own. <laughs> And they kind of all build on each other, but they also serve a, a specific purpose uh, as well. And so I would tell myself this every day, constantly, just to kind of help reframe uh, how I was thinking about things. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, at the end of the day, I wanted to know those three things, whether or not I continued on in faith or, or I left it by the wayside. And so nobody stupid is like to combat is to combat cynicism. Right. So at the, like nobody is stupid at the core of who they are. Right. They're good. They're pure and smart. And they're, they're just, you know, it takes a little bit of humility, but it you, I think it's a smart place to be to say that there are no stupid people and only people like make decisions that are poor, right? We see this all throughout scripture, right? God uses these people who have the capacity to do so much harm to end up doing so much good. And I think that um, that is just a deep reflection of our own lives and also um, kind of baked into the fabric of the world. And so there are no stupid people. We all just make stupid decisions sometimes. <clears throat> and to disagree with that, um, is to deny the image of God in one another. And I think the the crazy part about cynicism is like in 
just hearing that, uh, you realize you've been playing God for a little bit, like all good cynics, like I'm the perfect judge of, of what is going on around me. And so, you know, we had, I had to remind myself constantly that, that the people in my life and the people who I came in contact with and the people who I listened to sermons from and the people who uh, I disagreed with, they weren't stupid. They may have been doing something that was <laughs> uncalled for at the time or stupid as well, but uh, at their core, that's not who they were. And that was a big struggle I had with faith. It's like, I felt like everybody was lying to me and I felt like everybody was living this fake kind of commitment that, that really didn't exist. But um, yeah, so that was kind of how I uh, combated the cynicism. And then um, the second one was that uh, everybody's uneducated and, and, and that's about just being hypercritical of people. You know, um, I would constantly, I remember <laughs> one of my philosophy classes in college, like I didn't even engage with the work that they were doing in the class. I would just write papers refuting how these, how the professor was using scripture at the time, how the people in class were using scripture and he would give me A's on it because apparently I was pretty good at it. But, <laughs> but what I realized was like, I was just really being hypercritical that everybody get exactly everything right about what they were saying. And um, the fact of the matter is that we all go through life uh, uneducated in certain areas and we all go through life thinking we know more than we do. And, um, yeah, when I, when I really believed this, I could, I could let go a lot of the hypercritical nature that I had and people didn't always need to be educated for me to on, on whatever topic I was talking about for me to love them, right. Or to value them or to hear them and listen to them. Um, you know, I just picked up a book recently by Brian Green, and he's like this theoretical physicist and more, but, you know, I know absolutely nothing about the topic. I know absolutely nothing about theoretical <laughs> physics. Um, and I heard him on some podcasts and, and want, you know, I want to hear what he has to say about the origins of the universe and what happens to us, right? But not only am I uneducated because whatever I have to learn through, you know, wisdom and discernment of his work needs to inform what I believe about God, right? But also I'm way more educated about the Bible than Brian Greene. And so therefore for him even to come to a conversation with me, expecting to kind of shatter my worldview or to, 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 you know, think that he's going to come in there and know more about what scripture has to say is pointless, right? And I think that's where we have been struggling, not only as people of God, but kind of as a larger community, um, is that we all come to these conversations with very low level knowledge of a lot of things. And what we need to do is do the hard work of educating ourselves and of also reminding people when hey, you're not as educated in this place as you think you are, right? And so, you know, maybe this uh, maybe this plays out in your life as well. I don't know, maybe you butt heads with your your parents or siblings or spouse or, or you got that crazy uncle who comes to Christmas dinner or something like that, right? And, and they may, yes, they may be uneducated to the things that you've learned by diving deeper into 
work of um, people like Roar and things like that or listening to this, <laughs> this podcast, but you've also never lived their life and you've never had to rely on God in the midst of some of the things that they've had to. And so it's just a great reminder that we can often see everything as like life or death. It's, it's like zero sum. If something happens to, if somebody attacks the thing that I'm talking about, then I need to attack the thing they do, or we can't kind of even the score. And, and we just have to come to terms with, with the fact that that's not the way it is. And for some people, when it comes to faith and when it comes to kind of thinking about things a little bit more critically, like they just don't care. Um, and that's true of us as well. There are things that we just don't care about. I really honestly don't care about theoretical physics, physics, <laughs> but I want to grow and learn a little bit. So I'm going to try it out. <laughs> but to say that I would ever be educated in that area is probably pretty, pretty far, far off. So we can't expect everybody to walk through life caring about only the things that we care about. You know, the big kind of social issue right now is climate change. And we, we want people to care about that. And what we're seeing is that some people just don't care. And that's really, really sad. But that's the reality we live in. And so that needs to inform our conversations. It needs to inform how we... Um, it needs to inform how we approach people because if they don't care about it and then you throw it down their face, they're still not going to care about it. We need to start changing our conversations and things like that. But also we need to change our mindset because we come to every conversation that everybody will be educated ahead of time. We tell people, do your own research. That's not how it works. That's not how you grew. That's not how you learned that is saying, hey, get on my level before I'll have a conversation with you. And then we need to go back to mantra number one, which is nobody's stupid. <laughs> and all of us are uneducated. We all know some things and we all don't know things. So that's an area where um, we, for me, I really had to take to heart that like nobody's lived my journey. Nobody's educated on even who I am. And so, of course, they're not going to think the same way as I do. And it's my job and it's my work. If I really, truly care about having that conversation, the work that needs to be done is I need to be able to share that. And I need to be able to share it in a way that might captivate their life a little bit and help them change. And the last one is pretty simple. We all need grace. And uh, I'm not talking about like, oh, I'm going to forgive you for nothing or I'm going to forgive you for the way that you called me this name when we were arguing about something or, you know, even, hey, you didn't tell me these things growing up. Why didn't, why am I only learning about these when I'm in my 20s, right? I'm not talking about those kind of, I'll be honest, those are pretty simple, easy things that we can give other people grace for. But I'm talking about like when Peter denies Jesus three times and Jesus looks him in the face and Peter runs away. And then after everything happens at the cross and, and Jesus is resurrected, right? He spends time with Peter, Peter who thinks he's blew everything. He's not, he's not worth anything to Jesus, that Jesus would never want him by his side. And Jesus redeems each and every one of those times that he denied him by saying, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, 
feed my sheep, right? That's the kind of grace we're talking about. It's a deep, heavy grace that you have to, that we have to grant other people. And that's been granted to us. And it's hard because we have to get over our own ego, right? Because we're bruised sometimes from those conversations. And we take a lot of things personally because things affect us personally. But um, there are ways in which we need to start moving forward. And I don't want to say be the bigger person because I think that's garbage. But I think it's the truest form of living like Jesus. And so if this is going to be important, if this is going to be something that I was going to keep in my life, I wanted it to reflect the life of Jesus. And so grace is something that is needed for all of those conversations and all of those times. I cannot tell you how many times people have told me I'm wrong. I can't tell you how many times family and friends have said, I think you are believing things that are, <laughs> are not right and you need to change your ways, right? But it's in those moments where I can give people grace and I can say, mm, I don't really agree with you, but I love you still. And it takes a lot to get there. And I'm not saying I'm perfect in it. And I make mistakes all the time when it comes to these things. But, but what I have learned is that sometimes I take my faith journey a little too seriously. And if other people, if I cave at the first time that somebody says that, you know, my faith journey isn't as faithful as theirs, right? Um, then it's been, it's been shallow all along. And so the work that Jesus calls us to is not the faith they have. It's a faith that goes up to the person who denied him three times in front of people who he was hoping he would vouch for and says, it's all good. We're fine get back on track for what I wanted you to do. So that's all I got for you today. Hopefully that's a little bit helpful for you, or at least ruminates in your brain a little bit, but um, nobody's stupid. Everybody's uneducated and we all need grace. Much love. May the grace and peace of Christ be with you now and always.